You're listening to the Post Sunday. Post Sunday. Post Sunday podcast. Posted every Wednesday at 9 a.m., where you can expect to hear commentary on the previous message and a book resource for further study. All for the edification of God's church and the expansion of the gospel. So grab your swim trunks, put on your goggles, because we're about to dive in. Welcome to the farewell season. Hi, Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, sponsored by... Is it farewell season? Don't say sponsored by... This is just an inside joke between the four of us. And the 12 people that listen to this, they don't understand what <laughs> you're Sponsored saying. by biting sarcasm. We know that Joanna listens. She does. Hi, Joanna. She's, yeah, there you go. I said hi earlier, and then he said we weren't recording. So. We, yeah, well, there you go. Joy, I don't think you can talk. I met someone this I Sunday at the Gloucester campus who said I'm you forgot right you met them four years ago, and you came up to them and said, who are you? Hold on. How long you been going here? Somebody expects me to remember that, that I met them four They're years ago. They're listening right now. No, that you know them. They were like, we've met. I met you. Who is it? Amber McFadden. She runs slides for us. Oh, yeah, Amber. <laughs> hey, Amber. <laughs> she said, Joey, my best, my favorite memory of Joey is when I came up to him. And I, you were like, who are you? Nice, Joey. I've been here. I've well, never forgotten anyone. Well. You've never, yeah, Sean, that's actually the biggest plug for Coastal <laughs> that everyone says why they like Coastal is because you've never forgotten who they are. <laughs> I want to not forget. Oh, man. It's not a wanting to. Sponsored by Throne of Lies. What <laughs> you sit on the Throne of Lies, you smell beef that's and cheese. That's what it's sponsored by today. Not of Santa. That's a great movie. All right. Uh, so, as always, um, welcome, guys. We have Sean, Joey, uh, Bethany, and myself. And Sean and Joey preached. Sean went up to Gloucester. Joey preached at Yorktown. And so, uh, we. I guess it's like tradition for Gloucester to go first. So, Sean would... Is it tradition? Because we've only been doing this three weeks. <laughs> They're the first among equals. Mm, that hurts. I'm hurt. All right, Sean, why okay. don't you give the bottom line of your sermon? Bottom line, man, was this beautiful story of Genesis 22. Um, Abraham being asked to do the unthinkable. Axed. Axed, axed. The, uh, to do the unthinkable and uh, give us child of promise. And uh, I think for me the bottom line really is it's the picture of the gospel. Mm. And, and we see that in... Um, the father willing to give his son. <laughs> Can you let him speak? Oh my God! The son bearing the burden of his execution via the wood, which certainly reminds us of Christ bearing his cross. And 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 what I hit on in Gloucester was the idea that Hebrews eleven um, lets us know that what what was Abraham thinking? Abraham thought that that God could raise his son from the dead, and uh, of course that pictures what we all believe as believers uh, that mm. Christ will indeed. He's the first fruits of a great day of resurrection. So, beautiful picture of the gospel in Genesis twenty-two. So you preach on Genesis twenty-two as well. I know, weird, huh? It's crazy. <laughs> That's what I happen to preach on. Is that my go? No one else is speaking. You didn't give me the introduction like you did, Sean. Do I need to? You you go without introduction. <laughs> You're the second among equals. Second among <laughs> equals. Hey, no, I so uh, lots of similarities. So. Uh, I kind of honed in on God conditioning Abraham's soul um, for that moment of obedience where he's lifting the knife above his son to sacrifice him. And uh, uh, one of the things that I 
made note of in my sermon was that uh, Abraham's faith was fueled by a right view of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the chapter right before Genesis 22, uh, he learned something about God that he had never learned before, and uh, and he ascribed to God the name Everlasting God, uh, which God always was. Abraham didn't make him that, uh, of course, but uh, he knew that the Everlasting God that called him uh, to do uh, the most difficult thing that he would ever have to do mm. um, was the God that uh, could, according to eleven uh, Hebrews 11, could uh, bring a son back to life. Um, and then as Sean was saying, it, it, there's clear parallels to the gospel um, in Genesis 22. Um, certainly Abraham, who was willing to give his only son that he loved, um, the same way that uh, God uh, did not withhold his only son, from us mm-hmm. and uh, then we see Isaac who willingly uh, was going to lay down his life and um, as a burnt offering to the Lord and uh, Jesus actually did that yeah. and so uh, so it was a great chapter um, great to preach through mm-hmm. had a good service here at Yorktown I know they had a good service at Gloucester so we uh, in our small group Sean and I small group on Sunday night uh, someone uh, was really thankful that you you'd kind of unpack that Isaac wasn't just like a young child mm-hmm. that I think everyone was taught kind of in Sunday school if not you know explicitly yep. just kind of like you you just assumed uh, and, and they stated that that was crucial to them because then they kind of gave it new light new weight to see yeah. that oh this this was a guy that probably could have resisted and overthrown his father yep for sure no I think most of us have the picture that he's this little little boy that um, Abraham has to restrain, tie down. He doesn't know what in the world's going right. on. But, I mean, in that text, he's demonstrating understanding. He knows what a burnt offering is. He knows uh, that there should be um, uh, uh, an animal sacrifice as yeah. a burnt offering, yeah. and he knows that it's not there, so he's asking his father. He's has the capacity to go on a three-day journey with his father. He has the capacity to hike up uh, Mount Moriah uh, and uh, carry the wood while he's doing it. And so uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that um, he was older. And so, like I said on Sunday, most most scholars aging between 18 years old to 33. And for me, that does take, uh, you read Genesis 22 differently knowing that um, than you would being a little boy. Yeah. So the... We got a couple of questions, and one of them, um, <clears throat> and so a key phrase, and this is actually different than the one that I was going to say first, but so the key phrase that I, I, we see a lot in that scripture is we see that it says burnt offering. Um, and would you say that that was like a, like a offering to cover sin, or is it just, would you just say it's an offering just, just to offer to the Lord? Well, burnt offerings ha- were multifaceted, okay. so it, it could be a, uh, for like a guilt offering or to cover sin, but right. burnt offerings di- uh, could function in different ways. Right. It wasn't exclusive for sin. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a foreshadowing. If if I mean, we know that if the blood of animals could cover sin, right. then God wouldn't have to have given his only son. So we know they don't cover sin. I think they foreshadow that, you know, offerings are bloody and gross and, and they remind us of a couple things. One, how much God hates sin um, and his holiness demands payment and judgment. 
And then two, we know there has to be the perfect blood spilt for really for there to be forgiveness of right. sins. So mm-hmm. I think Old Testament saints were to look forward to the day that God would ultimately adequately cover their sin. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because the the goal. Bethany hasn't spoken yet, and she usually has some. I was gonna, I was gonna turn it to you. I was gonna turn it to you. I was gonna say because the goal of the question was to to maybe to possibly ask, do you think that, or could it have been a possibility that the burnt offering requirement of Isaac was for the Sarah and Hagar, the like those those things that he had done that, or maybe you know there could have been the requirement before, but you don't see it in Scripture that it's stated you need to pay for this in the sense that there needs to be a sacrifice to pay for this kind of sin which you said it doesn't cover so the question was do you think that it's a possibility that that was like a hey abram abraham this is your required sorry it's okay no. what what did, why he, did you why did you uh, even i just wanted to move it because i was bumping he, it with he my fainted but now hand. he's back he's, he's <laughs> like one of those fainting goats <laughs> you're like, it, a lot of <laughs> Anyway, so I don't know. No, I think, I mean, I... I was That I was to Bethany, but... That's okay. Go ahead, oh, go Joey. ahead, Bethany. Sorry. My bad. Well, I mean, I was going to say... What I was saying... <laughs> is, um, I think that when we look at Scripture, there are a lot of things that are possible because we don't have every single detail of every mm. single thing that happened. But I think that, um, you know, when we look... When I look at the text here, what I'm seeing is that God was looking to um, Abraham's faith and obedience. Mm. Um, I don't... I don't see anything that would imply that that was the case. But like Joey said, there's a lot of reasons for burnt offerings. And so I don't see anything that would negate that either. Right. Um, so <clears throat> I, I don't know really how to answer your question, except, yeah, I guess it could be possible. Okay. But for me, the focus is faith and obedience more than um, any kind of retribution or, or guilt. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think the text lends itself. I would say, I mean, going back to something Sean was saying, so when we see the Old Testament, for instance, uh, you see these covenants, right? And what one piece we've been obviously examining is God's covenant with Abraham, right? Uh, that was a covenant with Abraham, the yeah. man, yeah. right? Uh, but that covenant revealed something more about God and revealed something more about God's redemptive plan mm-hmm. that we didn't know prior to God's covenant with yeah. Abraham. And so... The Old Testament is made up of these little micro covenants that are giving us a larger and larger perspective perspective as we move along in the Old Testament of the covenant of grace. Right, through Christ. Uh, which is what we're under, yeah. which is what Christ concluded in the New Testament. Right? Yeah. So there's this progression or this crescendo, if you will, in the Old Testament. With every covenant we see, we're getting larger and larger picture and the anticipation is building for this covenant of grace that's been promised through these these other itty bitty covenants that's finally concluded in Christ in the covenant of grace, and so that's the more of the big picture yeah. of what we're seeing with Abraham and Isaac going on is is we see um, uh, we see the Lord uh, showing us mm. like I'm going to provide for myself and. Uh, what he provides is uh, Christ Jesus. So it's almost like you're supposed to read the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus Christ and the gospel and what it says about him? <gasps> yes. What? Wow. Well, I think, too, you know, these stories, you know, we've been behind the scenes, been debating the 
the challenges that these stories <laughs> present in mm-hmm. the area of sin and yeah. disobedience. And I think we have to look at Galatians, which reminds us that the law was the teacher. We're, we're looking at the student leading to the grand revelation of Christ and the fulfillment of these covenants in Christ. And, and so there's this idea of progressive revelation that, mm. you know, at the end of the day, Abraham and Lot and Sarah and Moses and David and us were all saved by grace um, through, yep. through God being gracious to us. And again, like I've preached so many times, the Old Testament saints maybe didn't know every jot and tittle, but they were to look forward to the coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. That God is going to provide for himself a blood covenant that is going to pay for sin. Mm. We look back where we now know what it is. They look, But they're still saved by repentance and faith in God's character and the coming Messiah. Mm. We look backwards. Right. Nice. A fuller picture of what that revelation is. Yeah, I mean, we sang up in Gloucester uh, a, a verse of I Surrender All is uh, the joy of full salvation. And I think <clears throat> that's what both people were looking towards. Both Old Testament people looked towards the full salvation accomplished in Christ through you know faith and repentance. And we look backwards at that and can rejoice that we have that. We've seen it accomplished on the cross. And so that's really cool. And that's why, you know, we're we're without excuse. I mean, the gospel of Jesus is clear to us. And, you know, John chapter 3, like right after 316, is it 18, 19, that essentially says this is the judgment upon us. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be judged is that we didn't believe in the Son who was sent. Um, and so... Just like the Old Testament people, of course, were without excuse. But, man, we've been given the entirety of God's revelation. Yeah. Um, and that's why First Corinthians Both 15. general and special. And special. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, Hebrews talks about trampling the blood of Christ underfoot. I mean, that's a horrifying <coughs> thought. That mm-hmm. We, you know, that's why First Corinthians 15 is so vital to our understanding. Paul says, man, he appeared to 500 people. Go, some of them are still alive. Go ask them. Yeah. You know, this is this yeah. historical mm-hmm. event uh, that for us to ignore and is, is unbelief and yeah. condemning mm-hmm. to us. It's, a, it's a basically like you're saying it's common sense to believe in the gospel, which brings me to the next question. I don't know that I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not know that oh, I'm saying that. I'm just saying we don't have put words in his mouth. Yeah, man. I don't. <laughs> I, 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 we're dead s- in our sins. I we we need to the, segue. Yeah, you're trying to segue. But we, you know, <laughs> for a person not to consider the claims of Christ. Right. And to get, you know, especially in a culture where so many people run around and say, you know, Jesus is a good teacher, good prophet, whatever, right. nice guy. Like, no, you're not considering his claims at all. I just got it's done reading. to not consider the claims. I mm-hmm. just got done reading John 6 today, and the claims of Christ are terrifying. <laughs> you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. Um, and, of course, he's getting the idea that Christ needs to be in us. And, right. Um, well, since my segue is just bombed. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't let you segue. Uh, second question. But speaking of I feel like we should let Bethany say something. She always has great... I was just going to direct... I'm directing... And, and now to Joel. Thank you. She's the yeah. third among equals. And, and, That's right. And then people get upset with me for directing to, to people, but... Yeah, I gotta what do people? 
Your mom. Uh, so sorry, the, mom. <laughs> hopefully she listens. So the second question she is... She doesn't know what I do. It's she doesn't know where I've been the last 12 years. <laughs> so mean. She does know a little bit because she came up and helped uh, with Henry, right? When Braden broke her foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she knows. She's great. Great mom. She's not listening. Just in case she's listening. <laughs> so, Sean, you said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, and, and so the question is, what does it mean... To fear the Lord. Did Sean say that, though? Because I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> Sean was quoting the psalmist when he said the beginning of the fear of the Lord is beginning was Don't put words in my mouth. I'm done. I just, I'm so glad this is the last one for a little bit. I need a break. Need why a don't break. You, hey, why don't you say... It's hard work being here. Why don't you say the scriptures say... The scriptures the, have said that Sean The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What do you think the, about that, Bethany? The, the scriptures quoted Sean as saying... Oh, boy. So what's the question? What did God tell Sean that he told us? God literally came down through a glory cloud, manifested in the seat next to Sean, and said, this is what it is. Bethany, what, do you, what is it... What does it mean, like, to fear the Lord? What does that actually mean? Um, well, I think for me it's knowing him first. And I think that when we know him and we know who he really is, then there's just um, a, a respect and an adoration and a worship of him um, and fearing him. You know, I think of uh, you know, think of anybody famous, you know, that you would want to meet. You get... You know about them, Oprah. and you, yeah. There you go. Uh, I was thinking more like you know Queen Elizabeth or oh, something. You know, somebody like Oprah. royalty, and um, <laughs> but you know, you get to know them. You know what they're about. You kind of study them, whatnot, and then when you see them, there's this awe. There's this respect. There's this, and I think that we have lost an awe and a respect, fear for God because. Mm. Um, We've made him so human in our society that we don't really understand who he is. Mm. And so I think when we understand who he is, then there's just this natural response of worship and respect and adoration that comes with it. Not a fear as afraid fear, but a fear of awesomeness fear. I think it's also, I think an aspect is of not like an afraid fear, but a respectful, healthy, afraid fear of the sense of this is the God of the universe who did speak everything into existence. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Sean, you're talking about the whole trampling on the blood of Christ. This is not when I disobedience, this is serious. So yes, the scriptures give us tensions that we have to live through. Not a problem to solve. Not a problem to solve. So, I mean, yes, he is, we are allowed to call him daddy. That's how intimate we can be. But I, there is a terrifying fear mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. He's a consuming fire. He's not to be trifled with. He, and, I, and I actually think we don't spend enough time on that. And yeah. I think especially in the come-as-you-are contemporary model mm-hmm. worship, which I'm obviously adopted and I think it has its strengths, I think one of its weaknesses is we lose the, the terrifying nature of God in in. And in that, what we end up losing is a, a grief over our sin and our rebellion. Um, and I think that's probably why I preach so heavy on that, because I feel like at Coastal and in and, and the contemporary church, we've developed this. We're more comfortable with the—he's he's 
Abba. He's daddy, father. But I do think we lose. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom stands on its own. Yes, we should fear the Lord and we should have a healthy fear that if, man, I'm disobeying his word, that should terrify us a little bit and we lose that. I think the attention to manage piece that you... She was Bethany. No, that's okay. Go ahead, Joey. No, when you talk about tensions to manage, not problems to solve, uh, I think one of the reasons we find tensions in Scripture... Did Sean say that, or is that in Scripture? (laughs) That was a Sean original. Okay. Um, The... um, uh, Now I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Well, we don't... No, the... uh, Back to me. The... um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The... No, the tension... The tensions, I think... uh, are there for a reason and the reason that they're there is because i think we need to lean into what we lack and so uh god is sovereign over absolutely everything if that true doctrine leads me to a place where i think i have no personal responsibility then i should think again because there's uh, uh, the word of God teaches me that I am absolutely held accountable. And so, so I, I have to, I need to press into the fact that I'm accountable yeah. because I've got the sovereignty of God peace. The same way with our culture, our culture has no problem whatsoever with cuddling up with Jesus. Everybody believes in Jesus. They may believe different things about Jesus, but every, everybody thinks he's a great guy. He's loving, you know, and even within the church, we we all are good at yeah. um, uh, this this kind of um, cozy, comfy the buddy Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, what we have an issue with is uh, is that our God's a consuming fire, mm. like, and and that's in there yeah. as well. And so we need to we need to lean in more to uh, our God's a consuming fire, and yeah. we're to approach Him with reverence and with awe because that's the only type of worship that's acceptable to yeah. him. And so those tensions there, I think, are good. Um, of course they're good because they're in the Scripture, but I think they're in the Scripture because uh, the Holy Spirit that authored the Scripture knew that uh, we're an extreme people. Right? We're either, mm-hmm. either going to fall completely on side A or completely on side B, mm. and the Scripture doesn't allow us to do that. Um and so, yeah, I think anyways. that's a good point. Bethany, do you have anything else? Well, so what I was just, I was just going to um, kind of make it really real and um, hope I don't regret this. But I Ooh, think for it's only me, 10 listeners. So. Yeah, right. So it can't do too much <laughs> damage, right? Oh Love you, mom. Um, <laughs> hey, Joanna. <laughs> um, so when I, so even as I'm listening to you, I think one of the things that I think about when I think about the fear of God is that we don't, um, we don't give him the proper place in our world. We're so man-centric in our thinking. Yeah. Even in our Christianity, yeah. we're very man-centric. Yes. And and so the vulnerable part for me would be this. Andrew, when he did the Plato Man and Plato Women, I mean, I think that was genius, you know, because it's a great picture of, yes, he could squash us in a second, just like we yeah. could squash Plato Man or Plato Woman. And um, one thing that really smacks in the face of the fear of God, I think, is the whole feminist movement. And mm. that's where I've had to struggle even. You know, I could sit back and I could be, woe is me, I can't do this and I can't do that in the church. And why would God 
make me a female and you know mm. and then disqualify me from doing all of these things and just get so caught up in that and and that's an attitude that does not fear God. That's mm. an attitude that's basically mm. essentially that's saying, you screwed up with me and I'm angry mm. about that, yeah. you know? And so, or you really didn't have a good idea, so I'm going to redefine what right. feminism is. The other you know, side that of the spectrum of, of that, yeah. And, and so I think it, it plays into those tensions that, yeah, they want to be all God is love, but if I don't get my way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then forget it and yeah. just walking their own way. And so that's been hard for me, even as a woman in ministry, to look at other women and say, you are who you are. Yeah. And God is who he is. So roll with it. You know, yeah. I mean, he's created you for a special purpose. Don't define what that is. Don't make it about mm. you. And I think we make it about us too much and we don't fear the Lord. We don't fear God and yeah. and we trample on his creation, sure. you know. I think, too, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, um, I think sometimes that makes people nervous because they have a picture of maybe an out-of-control father mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they have some vivid image of abuse, and there's a... Right. Our God's never out of control. Mm-hmm. He's never uh, run away with anger in a way that would be wrong. Um, so... So we all, again, the tensions, we also know our God is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just reading the Psalms this morning that, you know, God is gracious and he remembers us when we're humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we fear mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So he's loving too. And so we, we have these tensions, in, in, but we shouldn't run away from the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it just stands on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Christians throughout history have always believed, I mean, God is his attributes. Yeah. And, and yeah. all of his attributes at the same time. At the same yeah. time. So uh, God is wrathful. God is loving. God is compassionate. God is consuming at all fire. The time. Yep. At the same time. Yeah. I tell my teenage kids, I want you to fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. fear of the Lord dictates your actions yeah. Yeah. as you grow to be young men and young women. Yeah. And what you choose to do on a Friday night or a Saturday night when mom and dad are around. Yeah. A fear of the Lord is a healthy thing for you to consider. A, a, a big part of that is there is accountability in fear. I think that's something that's unstated when you when you think of fear and fearing the Lord. It's it's not just who he is, there's also accountability. So why would I fear my father's instruction when I'm a kid and dis because I know there's discipline coming later that's mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna hold me accountable if I do in his household wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I that is an aspect of the fear of the Lord that we don't care that's just non existent in our culture today. There's no accountability. Mm-hmm. And we will never, I don't know, our culture is going the complete opposite in holding ourselves accountable to the Lord and knowing we're accountable to the Lord. We, they, we couldn't care less. And I think that's another aspect of the church and why the church is fumbling with cultural events. It's fumbling with, um, you know, church discipline. We, you know, many churches don't even practice that. And it's because we've lost our true accountability. And that's to, to God, the God of the universe, the God who is all things all at once. Spanking. <laughs> well, and it's it's because I don't too, know if are you being serious. Oh, then yeah. say <laughs> I'm being serious. You just you, all you said was spanking, spanking, and child rearing, child rearing. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, and I think it goes back to our lack of just even knowing what God has said. Uh, God opposes mm-hmm. the proud and gives grace to the humble. If we yep. really understand that, 
then we should be running from pride. We yeah. should not want to be proud because if God opposes me, what does that mean? Yeah. And I don't think we understand the gravity of God opposing us. Yeah. As I listen through scripture over and over again, God blesses those who obey him. So disobedience to God comes with a phenomenally high price. Mm-hmm. And we just don't even comprehend that anymore because we don't live in in God's word. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was reading Proverbs today. Uh, it said that he mocks the mocker but gives grace to the humble, mm-hmm. which I think is something that we've lost too. We, it's the CSB. Holman Christian Standard Bible, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that in because we are mocking the Lord mm-hmm. when we do not live in fear of Him. Um, and I think something I'm saying it. This is my pet peeve, and I want to tell you guys: we got to stop saying "I think" because all of you guys are smart enough to know. <laughs> so just say "I know" or "It it is" because we say "I think." I bet you do you, and I'll do me. I'm trying. I'm honestly <laughs> trying the whole time not to say "I think," um, but I know sometimes. Yes. Sometimes I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just, Sometimes I'm not sure. This the thought of a the thought of a church that doesn't fear the Lord should be something that keeps us up at night. And I, I know the really cool thing about Coastal is that that is not the case in the leadership here at Coastal. It doesn't uh, keep us up at night. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would say the, this: no, that the leadership fears the Lord. I mean, I, I yes, and I would say this: you know. We often joke about Coastal's six steps back, you know, <laughs> and the reason and the reason that's a thing is because we we do want our worship service to be done in a way that's honoring and with excellence. But stumbling over an announcement or a video clip not showing at the end of the day doesn't matter. We right. fear God's what we are serious about is the word of God mm-hmm. and, and it's true and we want it to be taught with truth and and you know all the other things that we hope will do well is only to glorify the gospel of Jesus Christ Christ and honor the scriptures mm-hmm. the rest of it sometimes we try some things like a podcast and they go pull, come off well and sometimes they don't whatever right. i mean we're serious about god's word yeah that's so if that's i think oh i said i think <laughs> if you could pinpoint what you guys said um, Bethany, you, you honed in on no, like that's something we talk about every podcast. You have to know your scripture. You cannot be a thinking Christian aware of what the Lord's doing and requires of you if you don't know your word. And it's like you said, the tension of knowing who God is, the characteristics, the attributes of him. He's both loving and wrathful. He's both just and gracious at the same time. And that is the fear of the Lord. That's, that's how you get wisdom. Cause I believe that's common sense. That's why I was saying common sense you know, you can handle situations without fretting or being anxious because, you know, you serve the God of the universe who is sovereign over all things that he requires certain things of you. So you don't, it's, it's, it boggles my mind at times to not have a, a, to see a mature believer not have common sense because I feel like that goes hand in hand. So that, that was why I was saying the common sense thing, but do you guys have anything else to add? What's common sense to find common sense? Um, just knowing what to do in certain. Is that like common grace? I was trying I feel to like think. You're belittling your, Joey. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm never. I That's what this whole that. podcast has turned into. I just would like <laughs> that to be on the record. Uh, no, define common sense. Uh, uh, I can't. Pinpoint we'll come it. back. What we'll do, come back. What when do you Joel think? knows <laughs> the definition to the words that he uses. All right, guess we're gonna take a break and come back for the book resource. <laughs> See you guys in a second. 
Now it's time for part of the podcast where Joey tells us about a book that he don't go read. It's what we like to call Joey's Book Resource. And it's like a really cheap knockoff of Reading Rainbow. Fast readers and slow readers alike, we've got something for you. So, enjoy. Where did you get... Is this... Is this what you do for a living? He, I think he spent uh, oh, a forty-hour work. Oh, weekend. I have no doubt. <laughs> this that took a lot of time. If you're listening to this, Coastal, I think that we should all be refunded. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for your donations. Thank you for your donations, Coast Community Church. Uh, furthering a, the gospel. That was a forty-hour work week. That's that his hobby. That's his hobby. It's not his work. It took me like. <laughs> Three minutes, in all honesty, it was, it was no. Bad. But you spent hours dreaming it. about it and thinking okay. about so, it, so journaling all, about journaling it. about it. In all honesty, that is what I think about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I kid you not. I'll be up at night going, "Oh, I could do this," and then. So yeah, you're well, right. Well, actually, that. on the way in, you also told us how you're thinking about why the different gaming systems don't allow you to game with your buddies online. Oh cross, get, cross cross platform gaming. Cross platform. Yes. That's why what you won't taught me Sony today. talk to that's Windows? The, that's what we need to be talking yeah. about in these. This podcasts. is what I need to be learning. <laughs> yeah. These are the hot <laughs> topics that we well, need. I to can't Sega communicate with uh, Nintendo. Nintendo. Wow, there you go. Yeah, I was actually going to be really impressed if you could get both. I Atari. can't play Space Invaders. With my buddies online. Okay, so Bethany, do you have the definition for common sense? <laughs> I'm trying to pull it back up. Since I just uh, got... It, you'd think it'd be common sense that gaming systems could talk to each other. Look at that. Well, look at that. It's prudent. you got to say it into the mic. I know. Oh. What is this again? <laughs> common, common sense. Common sense. Sound and prudent judgment. Nice. And so uh, the thing we were talking about offline was when you take out the word of God as being your standard... How do we know what sound and prudent judgment is? Yeah. Right. Who determines Who it? Who determines exactly. it? I mean, it, it could lead a nation to incinerate six million Jews right. as common sense. Right. Like, yeah. this is common sense. We're yeah. the we're yeah. the greater race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. said it's, it's common sense and if you fear the Lord to know that it's one man, one woman. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Christians are now the ones that lack common sense. Right. Because yeah. what you all are holding to is crazy. Obviously, yeah. if two people love each other, nothing should stand away from them. Yeah, right. we don't, we don't, and that's the issue is we use words like common sense. We're not agreeing on the definition right, anymore. Right, right. We, we don't agree on definitions of things. And so. Like gender isn't common sense anymore. Gender's no, not common no, sense. You can't just look and at gender, somebody and think about it. When you yeah. say gender and when I say gender, maybe two totally different yeah. things as yeah. well. We're not right. saying the same thing because yeah. you think gender is how you feel. Not you, but right, you may yeah. think gender is how you feel you should be. Right. Where mm-hmm. I'm saying gender is based on Oof. biology. Science. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so if we work back from what you guys are talking about, how that common sense from, comes Bill from not the Lord. Bill not a science guy, of course, disagrees that, with me. What you're essentially <laughs> saying is these churches who do not have this common sense, the true common sense, biblical common sense, don't fear the Lord. Yes, they fear man. If you don't fear God, you fear man. And if you fear man. There's churches adopting the cultural stance on things and calling it common sense. Uh Which I'm glad for because they were never churches to begin with. It's just now that we we can see it and we can move on. So I'm, I'm happy that this kind of stuff is happening because... Man, when we can get start, clear lines, you can get clear lines, man. You can't hide in the shadows anymore. True, very it's, true. It's clear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, 
yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, we got to let Joey has, have his And then you played your little jingle. I know. And now. <laughs> we got all spun up We again. forgot it. Play the jingle again. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> it's like a cheap knockoff of Raiden Rainbow. <laughs> I feel like I need a puppet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, should, I should have like a sock, <laughs> a sock puppet. <laughs> Give it a name. Yeah. It's Saki. He doesn't even have a book today. He has an article? He's got an article. I have an article. Let's hear it, my man. This is called, it um, was written by Al Mohler. Sorry. President of Southern Seminary. Who reads like seven books a day. Ten, Sleeps two ten hours. Ten books a week. This guy reads. It's insane. Uh, he, he wrote this in 2015. It's called Patience is Not Optional for the Christian. And so uh, this entire sermon series, we've spent a lot of time looking at how long Abraham waited for um, good. Uh, the mm-hmm. promise that God gave you to be fulfilled. And so uh, yeah. I'm going to remember that on the drive home. What's it yeah. again? It's called Patience is Not Optional for the Christian. I see what you did there. It, you just that got it. Hampton Roads traffic. Well, it's that where the lanes merge on the way into Picosa. Yep. That it. It's why you don't have uh, the coastal bumper bumper sticker. Well, I put it on the side. Yeah, so that people. That is smart. I need. Mean, I did that too. That's what you do. That's so by uh, patience is not optional by Al Mohler. It patience is not optional for the Christian, for the Christian. by Al Mohler. Yep. We can we'll post it on Facebook. And if you want a book to www.facebook.com, if you want a book that applies to what we were talking about, fearing the Lord and how our church and our culture have uh, deviated from that, uh, it's a book that he wrote. Al Mohler actually wrote called "We Cannot Be Silent." Uh, it's kind of talking about how the sexual revolution and how how the church just kind of went so quickly to hand in hand with that and letting it influence the fear of the Lord and making it just the fear of man. So it's a book called We Cannot Be Silent by Al Mohler. It's a good book. It is a good book. Well, thank you all. A small group leaders, thank you very, very much for another great small group season. We're going to take a break. Uh, We'll be back for Colossians in the summer. So that puts us on break for about five, six weeks. Five, six weeks. And then we'll start back up again. Sweet. So I don't have to come to work yeah, we yeah. Apparently no jingles. See what are you going to do with weeks? yourself? Wow. <laughs> Not thinking of any yeah. jingles. <laughs> That's how I you work. have literally gained forty more hours in your. That's work week. how I earn my my paycheck right there. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, if you see me on the street, you'll know why. Have a wonderful <laughs> week, guys. In in five months or whatever, how many weeks we're going to do? Five weeks. Five, five weeks. weeks. And small group leaders, thanks. Thank you, guys. See you.